Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. Happy, happy new year! How did your reflections go? What are your new year resolutions? I am so curious, and I saw that a lot of you actually save the year in review template questions I shared on the Arts Podcast Instagram, so I'm really glad that has been helpful for you. And for me, I love starting the new year thinking about what I'm most proud of for the past year. And last week, I did this super awesome, incredible thing where I actually told my parents that I'm going to travel to Asia and work there from February to June, so of this year. And I was super nervous and had a whole session dedicated to talking about this with my coach on how to break it to them. And surprisingly, they were like, okay, so it's finally happening and I'm feeling so guilt-free. Like it took a lot of feeling enough to get to this point. So I'll share the whole story and how I went about it on my Instagram soon. So make sure you follow us at The Arts Podcast to get the juicy details. And also, are you ready to feel fueled and inspired? Because I saved literally one of the best episodes for you for this week. It's filled with knowledge bombs and it's basically like a mini business 101 workshop. So you can just feel so empowered and ready and go launch that business or career change. I also have a power hour session. So it's a 60 minute coaching session to help you create a business launch plan. And it tends to be pretty popular in January among clients. So feel free to check that out in the Arts Podcast Instagram bio as well. And now, are you ready for B-School and an incredible interview? Hey, Marcus, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm excited to be here. We're going to have lots of fun today. Yeah, definitely. I So I love to learn a little bit more about you. So can you um, tell us a quick background on, you know, what career you were in, what was your career transition and what you were, what you're up to now? Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, like, I'll try to shorten as much as I can, but the talker, but, you know, um, when I was going to college, I actually didn't know what I was going to study, right? Uh, my parents definitely hammered into me that I should be an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer. I did none of those things. <laughs> it was undeclared. But eventually, when I graduated, uh, I went into a field that they really didn't want me to go into, which was to go into sales. And frankly, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. But the career path I thought was I saw a lot of upper mobility. So I got into sales, and it was actually a startup division for a large Fortune 500 company. Uh, fortunately, I was able to have some decent success, especially early on when the economy was tanking. This is about 2007 timeframe. So I was in that company for another four plus years was fortunate enough actually to get promoted multiple times and then into leadership roles, running teams and building other startups. And then from there, I went to another Fortune 500 company into outside sales as well. And from there, I got promoted multiple times. And then by the time, right before I left, I was a sales director uh, leading a team of about 110 plus people over four states doing about $200 million in revenue a year. And uh, incredible experience and I learned so much. And then, I had, I've always had this itch to do my own thing. And eventually I, I left that organization three months ago and now I've started my own sales consulting firm, working directly with businesses, sales professionals to help them be absolutely awesome in sales and build systems in place to help them be awesome. 
So that's, that's a short version <laughs> of the last 14 plus years, if you will. Wow. When you say three months ago, do you mean literally as we're speaking three months ago or? Oh yeah. Three months ago. Wow. So you're I, fresh, I was, you're new. Like. Oh yeah. Three months ago, <laughs> I was in a, a shirt and tie corporate job. I enjoyed a great company and I, I met amazing people, learned so many amazing skills. But three months ago, my life was looking drastically different than it is today. Wow, amazing. I'm really glad I'm catching you on at this point in your life right now. So how did you know the corporate life wasn't the right fit for you? Because it does seem like you spent so many years in it and you were pretty successful in it and what you were doing in terms of sales. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Um, you know, and I think we get brainwashed a little bit, um, especially, you know, my parents being immigrants. And when they came out here, it was very much, uh, they, they, they wired me to think I had to go get a stable career, right? And it wasn't, it wasn't because of anything bad. They just grew up in a really different time. That's all. And I grew up thinking I had to do something very similar and kind of follow that path. And, you know, and that's kind of what society tells us we should do. So yeah, I say, you know what, you don't know any better, you know, so you just kind of follow that. And um, what was interesting is, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs. Oh. So they had a restaurant, they had real estate, they had these other things they eventually built up over time, but they knew that was a tough life, right? And they wanted me to have something stable, you know, and they, they knew that, you know, getting a corporate job would be kind of the, the way to go. So, so when I started um, doing that, you know, and I enjoyed it because I like, I like, I like a lot of structure. I like to, you know, learn and um, it was great. It really was. And I never actually thought I would do my own thing until it was probably, let me think, it was probably about uh, 2012 or 13. And, you know, at this point, you know, I had been in, you know, working in corporate America, doing some pretty cool things for a few years now. And I would constantly have people tell me, hey, you, 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 you got some skills here. You could do something pretty cool with it. I didn't know what. I really, I'm, <laughs> I, did, I did, had no idea. And as, as I continued to, to have, you know, unfortunately have some good success, it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And people started telling me, you should, you should write a book. Mm. And I said, huh, on what though? Right. And, and it, it was interesting because it, I'd have friends and family and people at work and they always ask me questions from, you know, business, personal development, health and wellness, investing and all these things. And, um, and I coach them through it and give them guidance. So I said, okay, you know, and this is, uh, this must've been 2015 or 16. So at that point I sat and write a book, right? I'm just going to write a general personal development book. But what I've also said at that point was because I also became obsessed with personal development over the last 15 plus years. And I read a lot of books where those people never became successful outside of selling that book. <laughs> mm. And I didn't want that, right? I didn't want a book full of fluff. I'm like, I'm going to write a book for someone who wants real tactical advice that could digest it very quickly. So I wrote that book in 2016. And, um, you know, and I started actually selling it online because I had learned through some other ways you could do that. Right. And I sold, I started selling a little bit. Right. But I decided that really wasn't mine. So I actually took it offline. Right. But that was like a taste. Yeah. And that was a taste where I'm like, you know what? Like there's certain things I absolutely love about corporate America, but one thing I want to be able to do is I want to just go and create and do my own thing. And that creativity, you know, depending on the role you're in, it can get hindered a little bit, right? Um, especially if you work for a large corporation, a lot of rules and policies, that's great and all, but I wanted to build something. I wanted to build a legacy, do something greater, do something more, right? 
So eventually, that's what I did. So eventually, once I had the, had the bread plan and all the things in place, I made the leap once that happened. But it was hard. It took me years to get to that point of understanding that's what I wanted. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't, I woke up one day like, I'm going to do this. It took some time to get to that point. Wow. And you wrote a book without a background in, you know, journalism or anything like that. And a lot of people that I talk to, they want to write a book, they, but they don't feel like they're qualified. And I think this analogy doesn't just apply to the book space, but also, you know, like taking the leap and starting your own business and feeling like you're not qualified. So how are you able to get past that mindset of, I haven't done it before, but I'm going to do it anyways? Yeah. A little bit of the imposter syndrome, right? I mean, that's essentially, it's essentially what that is, right? And, you know, it, it was interesting. You know, the imposter syndrome, I think it's a very real thing. I think it, it, even, it, it even impacts now, right? In my new, my new role. Mm-hmm. But I think what's really, really important is it's, if, if anybody is asking you advice about the common things, that's a pretty good sign they see you as an expert, Right. You may not call yourself an expert, but if someone keeps like, hey, if they see, you know what, man, you are super good at like knitting, like <laughs> they probably see you as an expert. And for you, maybe it's, it's just a fun thing to do, right? And so for me, that's what it was for these different things I was doing. I'm like, you know, I just, I just really care about, you know, being mentally strong and being healthy and doing all these things. People ask me a lot of questions about that. And it was interesting was, you know, when I was looking to write the book, I actually didn't know what to write it on. And I started just really thinking to myself and I just... You know, I brainstormed, I have a whiteboard, I started writing out, what are people just like, what are common questions people ask me? Mm. And that, that told me pretty quickly, hey, that's the gap that they feel in their life, and that's what they believe my expertise to be in. So that helped me hone in, you know, just from there, right? Um, over time, it evolved from personal development, and now I just focus on sales training, because I, it, it got even more granular. I started really digging deeper. I'm like, okay, that's so general, you know, personal development. Like, yeah, be the better version. That's so broad. Yeah. So I really started, you know, niching down um, as I started digging into what people were really asking me. And then also just being wildly clear and, and really reminding myself of the things that I knew that I was good at, right? And it might be kind of, kind of silly, right? But I, I would save like um, text messages, emails, or different notes that I would receive from people that would say, hey, this really helped me. This is really beneficial, right? Any awards, I want, basically, I call it a bride book. It was basically like this like collection. It's like an ego box, if you will, <laughs> right? And when you're, when you're having a tough day, it's, it's, it's great to look at your ego box of things, whether it's digital or, or physical, to say, okay, you know what? Like, I may not be the best at this, but I'm, I help, have helped so many people. I'm actually better than a lot of people. Yeah. Right? And, and you'd be surprised on how often – you know, many of us become experts by purely by just being in something for a long period of time. That's it. But then you just need to take a step back and realize, hey, you know what? You are, you are, you probably are greater and more skilled at your, whatever you're doing than you actually believe yourself to be. Yeah. And sometimes we need other people's perceptions or perspectives to tell us that, right? Because this remind, really reminds me of the strengths that we have. And other people can see it, but to us, it's just, oh, like for the longest time, oh, writing comes really easily to me and asking questions comes really easily to me. So I didn't feel like there was anything worthwhile in pursuing that because it's not hard. And I've been taught to work really hard for the things and like, that's when you deserve it. 100% right. And that's exactly right. And, um, you know, it's, um, if you just take a step back, you just start thinking like, man, what do people ask me all the time? 
but they just want my advice on. That's probably a good sign. You're probably pretty good at that, right? I mean, I think about my little sister, you know, she's a nurse now, but early on, you know, she wasn't sure what she wanted to do when she started just asking her. I started coaching her through a little bit, just talking to her, hey, you know, like, what do, what do people ask you about the most often? She said, people always ask me for help on relationships and helping people, but she wasn't, she didn't really want to go into like counseling. That's kind of what she was guiding to. So she's like, but I do want to help people. I love that. So I kind of led her into nursing. I'm like, all right, you know, so it just, it's, Someone it's it's someone that spins off a little bit off the initial skills that you already have. Mm-hmm. That's a really great insight, and I really encourage the listeners to if you think like you have no skills or no gifts, really think about what do people come to you for help. That's right. And that's a really a really great golden hidden nugget there. So for you, you mentioned that you it took you a while to make the leap, right? Because you weren't quite sure what to go into next. Um, so what was the turning point for you when you finally decided, okay, I'm going to do it it's interesting so when i after i wrote that book i'm like wow this whole uh, online marketing thing is, is actually a real thing i'm like this, this is kind of crazy right to to like have like people pay you online you just look at your phone you're like people are paying me <laughs> it's, it's, it's very strange right it wasn't a lot of money right you know because each book is like ten dollars so it's nothing but it was an idea right it was um proof of concept so what it really was is i had become wildly clear in terms of what am I going to offer? <laughs> like, what am I going to sell? How am I going to make money? It's, I mean, money's not everything, but you need it to live, right? So uh, I was like, what am I going to sell that I, I'm going to enjoy selling, right? And that was really important. So once I became wildly clear with that, that took a little bit of time where it got to the point where like, okay, you know what? Um, I want to niche down onto sales training and sales leadership. Okay. So that became clearly at least like my target market. So that was very clear. I'm like, I'm, I can work with businesses. I can work with sales professionals. I can work with sales leaders. Very clear, specifically in a direct sales, B2B sales environment, or even B2C. That was the first piece. The next thing was like, what am I going to do specifically? Because you can do, you know, coaching, consulting, online digital products, et cetera. You know, and this is, this is about a couple year process. And and I was looking at all these different things, and I, I decided I came across selling online courses. Mm. And to me, that, that was very attractive for me personally because I'm like, okay, well, first let me back up. What I was also, what I also wanted to do, I wanted to design a life, right? It's my big goal. I wanted to design a life where I could, I could be anywhere I want, if I wanted to, do whatever I want, right? But here's the reality. I actually love stability, right? I, I love being in my house. I love my house. I mean, but the point was to have the freedom of choice. Yes. Right? Like when my kid has something going on, I can take care of him and not have to worry about baby or anybody. I want to be able to just do it, do anything with our family, just do whatever we wanted. So I'm like, to me, that solution was online courses. Mm. So I'm like, hmm, okay. I'm like, but where's the gap? What's, what's wildly important? And one thing I uncovered just through over the last decade plus was there was a massive gap between people getting really great, true good sales training at their company. Like most people were given a book or manual written by someone who never done sales before. I'm like, I can fill that gap. So it took me about a year because I was still working full time. I mean, I traveled quite a bit. I mean, I was working 80 plus hour weeks. So I built in my free time. Wow. And I, so it took about a year to build it out, but I built a, um, a comprehensive A to Z sales training. So if you, if, you knew, if you did not know how to sell or if you didn't know how to sell, but you weren't successful, it taught you everything you needed to know from A to Z with all the modules and cheat sheets. And I built that and I did a, I had to do a soft launch. I wasn't even sure if this would, people would buy it, yeah. right? 
because I was going to offer for, you know, for like, like for almost a thousand dollars. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to test it. So I did it. Just a test launch. This is back in, um, back in March. Uh, and two people bought it. Ooh, so I sold two copies. Goosebumps. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I literally just made $2,000 basically like do nothing. If you will. I mean, obviously it's going to be a year of billable, but it was just concept. Just, it blew my mind. I'm like this, if I could scale this, this can replace my income, do all these things, right? Um, so once that I knew that was going to be my thing, I'm like, okay, let me just map out what's the business model going to look like, right? So then I mapped out my business model, was like all the services I was going to offer, right? Made sure I was wildly clear who's my target market, who's my avatar, who's the person I'm going to sell to, right? Um, and then started doing back end stuff like website design, et cetera, right? And started just building and preparing for that. Now, the other thing was, was, um, was really, really important too is, it wasn't mentally, I've, I've thought about this for years now. Mm. So I've also been very strategic with building up, you know, having a good cash flow, right? Making sure I had good savings, investing. So making sure financially I was set, even if I had made zero income for a while, right? So that, that gave me that cushion to breathe because um, with, with my last role, you know, it was a very high paying role. I had, but I had a lot of golden hand because I had stock. Yeah, it's a common term in tech, especially. Yeah, yeah, the golden handcuff. So I had a, I, I actually was strategic. I'm like, like, when I leave, I need time and out for when certain stock invests. So I get that stock, also cash out the options at the same time before I make that leap. Because I can utilize that as additional cash as well for my, my future journey, right? So once I kind of map that all out, like, I, I was wildly clear who I'm going to serve, what I'm going to serve, Made sure I had a backup for least cash, not a backup job, but backup cash. Then I'm like, okay, now I can plan out and take the leap. Mm -hmm. So it took a little bit of time, right? But I was very strategic with it. So I can come out there, you know, and just go right into running the business and not just spend six months trying to figure out what I was going to do. That was really important for me personally, at least. I need a stability. Yeah. You definitely planned for it. And it really shows that, you know, once you take the leap, you can take the leap in various different ways. And do it according to what fits you the best. So for you, you, you know, really cared about stability. And so you plan it out. And mm -hmm. for me and a couple of other clients I worked with, they just quit because they could not stay with it any longer. And they wanted to take that time to like really explore and have the freedom to explore right. what's next. So those are two ways that you can go about it if you are to quit your job which I think is important for the listeners to know that they can absolutely shape it to their personality and their needs. And I really love that you worked backwards from in terms of you had a lifestyle in mind and then you work backwards to see, okay, how can I get to that lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And originally I think that's what work is intended to be, right? So like you can have the money to gain the experiences of buying things, traveling to places. But I think oftentimes we get so bogged down that we don't end up getting those lifestyles. And I think this lifestyle design is from Chris, right? We oh, yeah. mentioned him a little bit before. It, it is. He, t he talks a lot about that, right? And um, in, in, in your spot, there's, there's, no, um, there's no right or wrong way, right? Um, one thing that was really important to me, though, I knew when, 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 I, when I left, because I, I have friends who have decided to just leave, same concept, and just, just start doing their own thing, right? But one thing I, I did see, if, if you know, and some of them were better with money than others, right? If, if they didn't have much of a savings or a buffer, it, it put them in a position where they felt like they had to offer their services for cheaper mm. and do different things. So they had to sacrifice a little bit of that. And for me personally, 
I, I know my worth in terms of the value I bring to the marketplace. So if you can't afford my service, I'm just not going to offer it to you. Mm. Right. And that was really important to not, to not discount. Cause I had people say, Hey, listen, like, like, you know, like how many clients have picked up? I show how many clients have picked up. They're like, Oh, you know, you, like that's, that's pretty good. Like you probably can get more if you want to. I'm like, I a hundred percent know. However, it's about the qualified candidate. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, you know, I, I they're like somebody to do pro bono work. I'm like, no way. I'm not gonna do pro bono work for the value I bring. Now I do offer a lot of free content automatically, but if you want pro bono work, that's just not going to be my thing. I don't need that because I've already done all the work up front, right? I've done 12, 14 years of prudent experience track record. <laughs> mm, I was going to say, I love that sense of self-worth. It's really solid. You got, you got, you got to know your work. Otherwise your clients will walk all over you. Yeah. Yeah. And the way to give you the listeners a different perspective, I a hundred percent agree that with financial savings ahead of time too, like not only does it help you stick to your worth, but also gives you the flexibility to pursue something that's creative, right? So that you're not putting so much pressure on it. So how I did it was I actually did like part-time consulting for writing as I was building out my coaching business. Love it. And during the first year, most of my like earnings actually came from writing because coaching, it takes time to build it, to launch, to, you know, explore. So that's something that I found really helpful and would highly recommend if they just took the leap without building something ahead of time to like have some sort of part-time thing for that financial stability. That's exactly right. And actually talking about Chris and his, and his concept of the side hustle school, you know, you know, thing he has going on. A lot of people, you know, maybe if they're if they're currently working a corporate job, work for somebody else, they pick up a side hustle, make a little bit of money, then they can just scale that a little bit, right? It may not be their passion, but it helps them bridge into that new life, right? So there's many ways. There's no right or wrong way. You know, the wrong way is just to, if you're unhappy, you're just being stuck and just being stuck. Mm. That's that's just not a good way to go. <laughs> exactly. I would love to talk a little bit more about um, going back a little bit more. So how did you know? that you wanted to do sales training like how did you pick that topic because from what I've seen Mm -hmm. and the clients that I work with originally they have a lot of different ideas and they don't know what to pick and I think for some of the listeners too they feel stuck because there's different routes that they can go about so how did you narrow it down oh yeah yeah it took a while to get there it wasn't it wasn't like oh man I'm just gonna do this Uh, I really didn't know and I really started thinking myself well, first off, I was like, well, I like, first it was what, what do people ask me most questions on most commonly, right? That was the first thing. I'm like, okay, like this guy gave me like a, you know, if I could like just brain dump on, you know, a piece of paper or a whiteboard, what are all the things people ask me about? Consider, they consider me a quote unquote expert on, right? So I just threw that onto a whiteboard. And then from there, I started really thinking to myself, okay, like if I was going to package this in, into anything, um, what would I, what am I passionate about? Like, what do I care about? What could I talk about nonstop about? And especially the world we live in where content marketing is a great way to build up your brand. I'm like, what could I create millions of pieces of content on and just have endless things to talk about that I care about actually? Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's really, it, it took me a while to get to that point. And then it really honed into sales training, right? And then also making sure that there was an absolute need because people were already asking me these questions. I knew there was a need. Right. So it took me a while to get to that point. So early on, I, lo- I listened to a podcast called um, uh, Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. Yep. Great. I mean, I'm a huge Pat Flynn guy, you know, 
And he, um, in one of the early ones on, he talked about was, you know, it's not that it's all about money. He said, you know, the riches are in the niches, right? And that, that, that really spoke to me. That really did. I'm like, okay, that's a really good point, right? Because it's not just a general sales training. I, I really honed in, okay, specifically, it's B2B uh, selling in a direct sale environment is the actual transaction. That's my specialty. Now, you can broaden that to anybody that you want, clientele, but that's where I, I absolute master, right? So that really helped me as I became more granted, asking myself more questions like, hey, okay, what am I passionate about? What can I talk about forever? You know, and, and here's the cool part, right? Um, even if I do this for a while, I want to pivot, I can totally pivot, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean it's forever, right? Like, um, you know, my buddy who, um, he, uh, he has a different program and he, and he runs, he teaches people how to make money online via blogging and all these things. That's what he started with, right? And then now he actually runs a golf website that he built, <laughs> right? Possibilities nonetheless. Right, right, right. So he evolved. And he actually even has like a, like a you know, best bars site he runs now. So <laughs> he's, he's really evolved his, I mean, it's actually been, I just had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about how it just really evolved because, you know, uh, when you go into this type of lifestyle, it's not forever that what you're doing, you might change it. You might do it for a few years. And it actually, um, one of the struggles I run to, especially early on right now, my role is I have like shiny thing syndrome. Like mm. I have this idea for a project that I want to really work on to build for the part of the business. And suddenly I hear an idea on a podcast. I'm like, Oh, I should do that. I should do that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me, let me just slow down for a second. Let me just get this piece dialed first, but you put them in the idea bucket and that might be down the road. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you choose an idea to, to run with, if it's not what you want, that's totally fine. You can always pivot and focus on something else. Definitely. And the key is really to go out there and at least explore one thing, right? Because that way you'll, you've tried it, you'll figure out whether you like it or not versus just thinking in your head and being overwhelmed and overthinking like, oh, which one do I think I would like better? Because you can't really know by thinking it in your brain. You have to go try it out. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of like this too, right? Here's a good example. So even from a traffic strategy perspective, right? Early on, I thought you know, Instagram was going to be my baby, mm-hmm. right? So when I first got on Instagram and I created a business account, this is a few years ago, I just started. You're pretty popular on there. I got some followers on there, right? So um, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd focused on it, right? But it really, it was interesting because what I didn't really do a good job with it was my target market was not right, Mm. But I grew my audience and it, it grew over time. My gauge has not been what it used to be, right? And you know, and I, I and I was still thinking about this even when I, when I started my my new you know role. Now I'm like, okay, what um, what platform am I really going to leverage, right? So I saw, I'm just going to start working on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn in the short time has been more explosive for me, you know, right? Than Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was like, what a bonehead move. I was thinking the whole time I'm thinking it's Instagram, you know, like I'm following, I'm following my competitors, et cetera. Right. But I wasn't really reaching my target market. So that was like, and, that, and the point of this was I didn't give up and I didn't think, oh man, this is not working. I'm like, mm-hmm. where's, where's my peeps at? Where are my peeps hanging out that I can go talk to? Where are they? Oh, LinkedIn. You know, let me just try LinkedIn. And I just, I just pivoted and started putting some time in. It wasn't overnight. Right. And then I started seeing a build up over time. Right. It's just like anything else. If anything was easy, no one, if everything was easy, then everyone would do it. Yes. Right. And then you would not make any money and there'd be no, you know, it, you just wouldn't be successful, wouldn't it? So you just got to choose it, go, mm-hmm. try for a while, get some good mentors to help guide you if you need it. And then, you know, try something else if it doesn't work. 
Yeah. And something that I also recommend people doing is doing like a 30 day side project um, just to like test it out. And that's actually how I found my current role with writing and coaching is that I did 12 side projects in every in 2016. So I did a separate one every month and I went through, I was able to try out like so many different careers during that time frame. So for anyone who feels like they have a lot of different interests and there's not enough time to go through them all, I promise you, <laughs> you absolutely can. Like I went, I had this idea for um, like shipping journals to encourage people to write. So I tested that out. Um, I was thinking about becoming a dance teacher for a little bit. So tested that out and just like hosted a workshop with my roommate, taught her every week and then realized that I didn't like it but just imagine if I waited for two years to you know keep on taking lessons to feel that I was ready and then to find out that I actually don't like it there's so many things that you can just experiment with and do like the minimal viable product or project right now that's it that's exactly it that's exactly it there, there is no failures either you win or you learn right oh I love that so you just you just move on and that's okay like, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? So, um, so I, I document a lot, right? So I write out every night, I write out like a gratitude list. I just kind of write things out, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, I write in there like why I learned, right? I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, that was a pretty tough day, but you know what? <laughs> I'm grateful for this lesson, right? So, so actually, it's interesting. So I started, I started looking back, right? Because, you know, at, um, I put the article up last week. It was like, a, it was like 70 things I learned my first 70 as an entrepreneur. Wow. And it was interesting. I look back, I'm like, man, I really learned a lot. Like mm-hmm. many things to do, to, to not do, right? And um, it makes you really um, grateful, if you will, right? You have, you have the opportunity to do that, right? We, we, live at, we, we live in a place where we have the option of choice. And that's powerful, like we can do whatever we want. Like, and if you look around, there's other programs that can help support you, right? So there's there's a lot of cool things you can take advantage of that are free. Like, for example, I, I cover those resources in my journey. Hey, you know what? There's a there's a place in my neighborhood, like 15 minutes from my place. It, they provide different free trainings for anything that business owners may need help on, right? Now it's like it's basic stuff. Like, but you know, if I didn't know how to excel, I can go there. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, right? always free resources if you start with public speaking they offer classes for free there right Mm. so there's resources that help you jump into whatever you want that might just be around you it's also free that lets you to test out some things that you may want to go into if you're not ready for that leap that's amazing i think we oftentimes underutilize these resources or or you know reaching out to people that's been one of the top um topics that we talk about during the podcast and one of the top recommendations as well um, going back to what you talked about failures, especially since you're so early on in your business journey, what kind of fears did you have while first starting out as you were leaving corporate? Because I'm sure these are popping up in the listener's mind right now. And you can share a story or two on how you were able to overcome them. 100%. I think the very first fear, um, and I think this sounds kind of strange, right? But uh, I think one of, the, one of the big fears you have, especially when you're about to do something new like this, right? If you have something really good going on, what do people think, right? I mean, that's a real fear. You worry about what other people think. You worry about what your parents think if they're still around. Like, I worry about what parents think. I'm like, oh man, like, mm-hmm. man, they wanted me to be a doctor. And I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> now like, I'm leaving like a great role, making multiple six figures a year. Like, dude, I mean, I was traveling, doing all these cool things. And they're like, and they're like, you're giving up what? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, are you, what, what are you doing to do what? 
so um you know that was hard right and, and then also like there's a fear of what if i fail yeah like what if i what if i don't make it and and especially where in what i what i've done where it's been results based like people have literally followed me and seen my my track record what i've done mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god what if this is the year i fail and everyone's like all right that was it it's over for him He's going to have to go back to corporate America. He's going to have to go and do these things, right? So all these things, you know, like went, or went through my mind, right? And do they still pop in? Yeah, 100%, right? You know, when good days are good, bad days are bad, right? It's like, you know, I remember I had a rough day last week. I'm like, oh, man, this is a – I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm just going to start second-guessing yourself because something's not working, right? Suddenly, yeah. ding, you get $900, you know, in your PayPal account. Like, okay, all right. I got this. I got you know, so many ups and downs. Yeah, you're right. You're like I'm on top of the world now, right? So to overcome that, right? I mean, there's a couple of things you have to that really helped me at least personally. Um, number one, I'm wildly clear what my goals are. That's really important. I'm wildly clear on my one, three, and five year goals, mm. right? And that's huge. That's the first piece. By just understanding where I'm going to be going, so I'm, I'm future thinking, right? Then that gives me a target to work towards, right? And then also, I make sure I have a tactical strategy. That's really key. What am I doing? So I actually have, obviously, listeners can't see it, but I'll just kind of show you. But I have a whole desired chart. Oh, wow. It's like laminated and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like all my goals on there, my big why, what skills I need to develop in the next few years, my tactical strategy, right? And it's really right in front of me. I look at it every, every, single, every single day, right? Mm. And this helps me uh, stay focused, right? But also, and you're going to think I'm probably crazy, but I have, um, <laughs> I have routines built in place to frame my mind for success. Oh, let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the, the number one issue, um, whether um, you are in sales or if you're an entrepreneur, is managing the territory right between your ears. Yeah. That's the number one issue, right? Like it's like the good days are good, the bad days are bad, right? You second guess yourself and you start you become terrible on learning how to talk to yourself. So I've learned, I taught myself early on how to pre-frame my mind with the right questions to train myself to pull myself out of a bad state, right? And it starts with my routine. And I have a, kind of a crazy routine, but I'll, I'll share just so you, people have an understanding of it, right? So, you know, I typically, I typically wake up like 5, 5.30 in the morning, right? So I, I wake and mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm just Right, I was going to say... I don't wake up that early and it's completely okay. It's totally fine. You go wait. So for me, this works. It's only because once my kiddo's up and get ready for school, it's ah. it's like, that's a hot mess, right? So mm-hmm. it's uncontrollable from there. So I can control the morning. So, so I'll wake up at five o'clock and then, you know, I'll brush my teeth to change and I'll go to the gym. I'll do a 30 minute power workout. This allows me to accomplish something early on the day. And I actually don't listen to any music. Mm. Um, I actually listen to something that's going to help develop me. So maybe it's a podcast like yours, right? So I can learn and hear something very cool, right? Or it's a book. So maybe I'm going to learn something that's really important. So early on in the morning, I'm teaching myself something great, right? Um, I forgot on my drive to the gym, I actually go through my affirmations. I have certain affirmations I go through, right? Stating what I've already accomplished. And then on my drive there, I actually have created what's called, I call it, it's called a vivid vision, yeah. which is, um, <laughs> everyone's going to become crazy on this, on, this, on this podcast now. No, we actually talk a, a lot about, well, not a lot, but increasingly more about like spirituality, law of attraction, affirmations. And I've been getting into that more recently this year as well. 
because before I always thought it was tactical, right? I was a very productivity focused person. So everything was do, 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 do. Then I realized that the upstream of it is your mind. 100%. So I, I, I've written out what I call a vivid vision. So literally, it's a vivid vision. If one year from now, if someone was to watch me from a time I woke up and narrate, like write out every single thing I thought and felt from the start of the day to the very end. And in the assumption, I've achieved all my goals. What's my day look like? I love that. So literally, it's like, you know, my alarm goes off at five o'clock in the morning. You know, I immediately roll out of bed and I'm excited for the day. You know, I immediately change brush my teeth. I get in the car, I listen to my vivid vision. I get more fired. Like literally, I'm explaining in vivid detail every little thing of the day. And I literally recorded myself reading it and I listen to it as I drive to the gym after my affirmations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know what? I'm programming my, my brain now, right? Then I go, I go through the workout, boom, that's totally cool, right? And then I, I, I come home after I shower, I come home and I actually write out all my goals, right? So I write all my goals out, right? So then just from there at that point, you know, I've already, I've been, I've been trained and reframing my mind and then I'm ready to go on and do my day, right? And then I do my, my, do my normal day. And before I go to bed, I also read for a little bit too. I'll read for like 10 minutes, just for a little bit, right? And then I go to the day at the evening time, I have a, a, short, a shorter similar routine where I'll review my goals again and I'll read a little for a little bit and then I'll meditate and then I'll go to sleep. So um, I'm stacking and bookending the, the key parts. And, and my gratitude list is part of my evening routine. But then this way, I'm reframing my mind constantly so critical so i'm not going to bed pissed off i'm like you know what i'm grateful for these five things no matter how small they are you know what i'm grateful my website went down because i learned who i can reach out to mm. before i absolutely explode with my business because right now it's not where i want to be but when i get there i need to know who to talk to right so things like that like what you may see as an obstacle maybe a powerful gratitude lesson now that will help you down the road. So anyways, those little things, having a really good routine helps me stay focused. And, and then once you build, build that, I also really structure out each, um, my whole day. So I have it all set. So I know exactly what I'm going to do. That's pro productive and drives towards my mission every single day. Mm, that's really powerful. I feel really inspired with the whole morning and evening routine. I do like a snippet of that. And it sounds like you have a very well-oiled machine going on. Uh, well, I've, I've done it for years, right? Mm, so you started in corporate as well. Yeah. So especially being in, um, you know, when I started outside sales, I, I went through like, I mean, I absolutely sucked when I first started outside sales. And it was, you know, I I, I was in my own head, you know, like I, like, I should have been an accountant. I should have been all, all these things. You start second guessing yourself. So you have to teach yourself to not listen to yourself, but how to talk to yourself. So once I learned how to talk to myself in different ways, that actually drastically changed how I thought, which ultimately changed how, what I believed, and then my action and decisions, which ultimately impacted my results. So it all started from the brain, and then it, it moved from there. Yep. And that's really inspiring hearing that you sucked, because you know, from just looking at your credentials on LinkedIn, you know, by the time you were 22, you built your first multi-million dollar business by 25, you bought your first house. So it feels like, wow, like it's really easy to assume that you were always good at this or you were good at it from the onset. And so it's really inspiring to hear that 
you worked hard for it and it's a possible. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the things was I just failed faster than most people. That's all it was. Right. You know, I joke about winning and winning, you either win or you learn. Right. But I just chose to fail faster. That's all it was. You know, I chose to make more mistakes faster and learn faster. You know, if I need to make a thousand mistakes to make this work, I don't need to wait a year. If I can do a thousand mistakes in a few months, that's only going to help me down the road. Mm. So speed the mistakes up, you speed the results up. Mm. Love that. On the topic of failing fast, what advice do you have for people who are, you know, currently in corporate and thinking about changing into a creative career? Like how can they fail fast right now? Yeah, I think the first the first thing is uh, is probably kind of similar to your concept of the the mini projects, right? Where they have to first fail fast, just to be clear on what do they want to do. Exactly. You know, and and that, that will relieve a lot of. I mean, unless you're cool with living with anxiety, which I'm not, but you know, if you're cool with it, you could just leave corporate America and and not have any plan to figure out what you're going to do, which is fine for some people. But if you struggle with that, and maybe you have other responsibilities, maybe you live in a really expensive city, and you have things that you, you have a certain lifestyle that you enjoy. Well, if that's the case, then um, fail fast in learning what you want to do. And it doesn't mean you need to be wildly successful. It's up to, it's it depending on your financial situation. You don't have to make sure, have a side hustle, make a ton of money. It might be like, you know what? Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm on Etsy right now and I am making, um, you know, holiday cards that I send out. And you know what? I'm making $100 a month. Mm-hmm. Hey, awesome. That's great. Can you scale that? Yeah, you probably could scale that, right? So um, you figure out whatever you're passionate on by just making as many mistakes as possible. And then from there, you can really piggyback off what you like and you're passionate about. Because don't just choose whatever skyrockets. Because if you hate it, you're like, ah, I can only do this for a year. Yeah, then you're stuck with it for a little bit, right? And you may waste a bunch of money too. So I would say just fail fast in finding your passion on what you want to do, right? And then from there, you know, once you figure that out, then figure out how can you monetize it? Fail fast in monetizing it, right? Get proof of concept. Yeah, I feel like we have this, and I know you got your MBA, and I feel like we have this like mini MBA snippet right here. It's such like a great crash course. Yeah, it's, I think it's just as long as you're strategic. I mean, me personally, I'm a planner. That's just how I'm wired. Yeah. I like to be very strategic and, you know, and, and also like, you know, there's a great book called uh, High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. And he talks about um, a lot of times, if you have people that count on you, you know, like that helps drive you too, right? I know my, my family counts on me. That really helps making sure I have a good plan. But I also know like, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, the Asian culture and, you know, having pride. Like I want to make sure my, my wife's parents don't worry about us, right? You know, that's important. Like, so you know, it's kind of like, you know, well, you find it hilarious, right? So, you know, when they're kind of, you know, kind of wondering, like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, like, you know, I was, I was very clear with, you know, how, how I've broken our investments up and how much we have set aside to protect us. So once I did that, they, they put their mind at ease, right? So, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. And I love that you kind of turned the Asian um, value of stability into like an advantage for yourself and like working around that. And I love to delve deeper into, you know, having an Asian American background and just how that has like influenced your decision making and your career change. Since I know you also mentioned that your parents were immigrants and you guys had really scarce resources. And one of the things that I found is 
we ought to have a scarcity mentality. And it's taking me so long to get to the abundance mindset, right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, and I think the, one of the, it's like some people see it as a, a con or et cetera. Um, I saw it as a massive competitive advantage growing up with that mindset, right? Of like that scarce mindset of like, okay, you know what? Like always planning ahead. Mm always having a backup plan, always looking ahead and always being careful and not being like, you know, just being frivolous with certain things. Right. So for example, like I knew, you know, like, like we have plenty of cash stocked up, ready to go, but I'm like, I'm very intentional where I'm spending money off for the business intentionally because I don't want to just blow it because I can, like, that's not smart, you know? So I'm very, very intentional about that. that. That's really helped me quite a bit. Right. The other part of, you know, I believe is part of, um, and it might be more so like, I would say with the, you know, Asians that immigrate over, right? I find them in general, generalizing, you know, yeah. obviously, they're more scrappy. Like, they can, they kind of, they figure out a way to get things done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no matter what it is, they're like scrappy, right? So, you know, that that's something that I've already always utilized. It's hurt me a couple of times in corporate America because yeah. there's, <laughs> there's something you just can't do, right? It's not safe. It's not right, you know? Um, so, um, utilizing that mind, being scrappy, understanding, you know what? Hey, sometimes, like, you just got to be creative. Like you don't always have to do what everyone else is doing, right? Here's, here's a really simple, stupid example, right? So, cause I still do it to this day, right? A lot of Chinese families, when they go to like a Target or a grocery store, they get plastic bags. You, you always see where it's going. Most people just throw them away. I use them as liners for all the small garbage cans, right? Right? Why would I buy? Mm, yeah. They yeah. don't. <laughs> They don't. All the listeners are laughing right now because like, oh, doesn't everyone do that? They don't. I go, I go to my friends' houses and they would, they would spend money on this little can liner. And I'm like, why would you spend money on a garbage bag? <laughs> <laughs> I could use a plastic bag I got from, you know, Kroger, from Fred Meyer, Safeway, Trader Joe. That makes no sense. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. you know, having that mindset is really important because you, I, you can apply that when you're doing your own thing where it's like, hey, you know what? Like, yeah. You can spend money and do these things that perhaps seem cool like you need them, but you don't. So for here's a good example, right? So, um, and I'll, I'll bench probably upgrade to the pro version, right? So we're on Zoom right now. Zoom is awesome. I love Zoom. Calendly is also awesome as well. I use both versions for free right now because I don't need the pro versions. Yep. Most people will probably just pay for it. Like, oh, I'm just going to pay for it. I'm going to need it anyways. Well, for me, I'm like, I don't really need it quite yet. So when I do, then I'll upgrade for that pro version, right? And that's just a simple mindset. I'm like, I'm just utilizing the resources I have around me because that means the extra cash I can use towards advertising, Facebook ads, or other ways that's going to grow the business smart way. Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 that's a key way I've utilized some of these um, principles I've learned growing up as an Asian American. That's, again, really inspiring how you've embraced it. And it's definitely another refreshing perspective that I think the listeners will really enjoy. Now let's talk a little bit about your parents. So how do they respond? How was your relationship after the transition? Because I, when I quit, I was really scared to tell my parents and it's been something that like weighed on me for a really long time. It was a major factor in quitting and struggling with it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is um, I really thought they would actually be more I don't think the word upset's the right word. Um, you know, so before I told them, it sounds so stupid, but this is what I did. But I literally mentally wrote down what are all their objections they're going to have. 
this is such a sales like such a sales such such a sales thing right i'm like i'm like okay what are what are all their objections they're gonna have right so like i knew like some of the objections they're gonna have was like okay, you know what they're gonna object that um financially am i set do i have a plan what am i gonna do for money you know all these things right so so i was already mentally prepared to just hey this is what i'm doing mom and dad and um don't worry because here's what i've already done and here's my plan mm. so i was already mentally prepared for that so when i told them they're like this is actually what they said they said great we're happy for you oh and i was shocked i was actually really shocked there right um and uh and i haven't told them my plan yet like it was almost like you know this is what i'm doing and like, before i could even tell them everything else i was already preparing they're like good for you we're excited for you i'm like mm-hmm. well now also just something to keep in mind too they have become increasingly more and more americanized over the years right so family of three right i have a little sister as well and you know they've been in america now for you know since the 70s right so uh, they, they it, it's a very different world than it used to be 20 years ago is very different me telling them the same con- same conversation so now uh, telling them they're like we're supportive the other thing was they also saw my last role i love the role i loved it but it was highly stressful it was a very stressful role it's like you know that came with the territory so they saw how hard it was for me and they saw how i was traveling i mean i stayed in a hotel room probably you know for some people on the call on the podcast they're gonna think it's not a big deal but i was in a hotel room probably 100 plus nights a year right oh my gosh um and that's a lot right having a young kid yeah. young family i'm like that's a lot and it's a lot on my wife and she works full-time so um they were supportive now but they're like so are you gonna get another job that's, that's what that's what the first thing they're like I, 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 I quit they're like oh, okay we're happy for you are you gonna get a job what's your plan i'm like no, actually, I'm gonna do my own thing. They're like, okay, cool, awesome. You know, they, they're like, that's fine. Like, at this point, they've already seen me, you know, like kind of push through it. I guess a little more of a background. So, growing up, um, I didn't start speaking till I was four years old. Wow. Right. So, they actually thought I had some potentially mental issues growing up. Right. So, I had to push through all some of these challenges early on. So, but they've seen me grow up now. Like, okay, he persevered through this, he persevered through that. He figured out how to go to corporate America, how to be successful, and how he got, he's able to do these neat, these cool things. He is going to be fine. Like, we're not going to worry about it. <laughs> he's going to be fine no matter what he does. And that was, and that was a cool um, cool thing for my parents to save, essentially, right? Now, granted, because, you know, like, you know, you know my mom is more critical, right? You know, so I'm like, okay. So, so I very intentionally, you know, showed her a, a breakdown of my portfolio so she could see like how I was structured out wow. just to put the, the mathematical evidence in front of her as well to put her mind at ease. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's a really great reminder that sometimes we can't expect how our parents are going to react. So I thought mine would flip out and they were surprisingly supportive as well. Now that doesn't mean that they still don't ask me, when are you going to get a full-time job? <laughs> you know, sure. or like, when are you actually, um, you know, get a nine to five, that sort of thing. But like you said, I think there's a sense of trust that's built up over time when they see you persevere and they see you succeed. So for me, they see me to go abroad, you know, to Hong Kong, study abroad during my last year and still get a job and then move out to Silicon Valley, be able to get a job there. And so I think those are really great examples that they, they saw that kind of ease their mind. And for listeners too, they're probably in corporate America and they're, pro- they're probably pretty successful. So that's also one concrete evidence that they, they can make it 
whatever they choose. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of times with a lot of Asian parents, generalizing, of course, you know, they want to be able to brag about their kids a little bit, right? They want to both say, hey, this is what they're doing, right? Um, you know, and and they want to, some, it's, it's, it's a different world for them today, right? Because there's things when I try to explain to them about how my business is designed, they're like, I can tell they're confused. Uh, yeah, like courses? <laughs> they're like, so what do you actually do? You know, <laughs> you know, it's, but it's, it's, they, they get their mind put at ease when, you know, I explain, you know, it's a little bit easier to explain certain parts of the business for them, right? Like they don't understand content marketing. That's that's not really a concept they understand. You know? mm. like, like, so you're making like videos and like writing articles? Like, I'm like, yeah, but it drives traffic. It drives traffic. This is what happens. Like, mm. they see me as an expert because I know what I'm talking about, you know? It pre-frames their mind. So um, they're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like my mom's always like, why are you recording another video? <laughs> right? They're like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, huh, all right. Well, I trust you. you know, you're still alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now that you're looking back, um, at what, is there a point where you felt like you made the right decision and that you were confident that this was it for you? Yeah. This is so strange, right? Um, there's some weird, there's a weird moments I, I vividly remember. So for example, like just give you some perspective. I get a lot of, e- I would get a lot of emails in a day. I'll get two, 300 emails per day. Right. Whoa. And um, right after I left, literally just deleting Outlook mm. was like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> that was really weird. That was like, that was, that was a piece. Right. Um, that was definitely a moment right there. I was like, okay, I'm doing this. This is real. Like this was a, this is a real thing. And then fast forward. So probably one full month after, and this is, I'll share some personal stuff. So last couple of years, I would, I would get, I would get health assessments, et cetera. I uncovered, I had pre-hypertension for blood pressure. Oh. Right. And you know, I didn't want to take any pills. I, I'm not really about, I'll, I'll be like, you know, if I can do it organically, if you will, and be healthy and just kind of do that. Sure. My blood pressure was, you know, like it was pre, it wasn't like super risky, but I'm like, man, you know, I knew it was pre-hypertension. So I was doing these things. Like I'm increasing my workout. I already eat pretty healthy. I'm like, I'm taking fish oil. I'm doing, trying to get more <laughs> sleep, doing all these things. And it was still kind of, it was still hovering pre-hypertension. One month after my blood pressure dropped 10%. Wow. And you would think starting your business would be more stressful. Right. So that was really, that was like, whoa, that was really, really weird. So that was like a, oh man, that was a great decision. Right. And then another really key point that was really interesting, which I didn't, it was, it, it just, I just didn't think about it. Right. So I would, so I would sit in a hotel room at least a couple nights a week, essentially. And, um, you know, my kiddo is, uh, he's almost three years old now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's only known me, if you will always traveling yeah right so he just expects it right and that first month of just like me being there every single night every single morning it was interesting because normally he'd be super clingy to his mom something crazy that he races to his mom now mm-hmm. now it's not it's still he's still a big mama's boy but now about half the time he'll come to me yeah. And that, and that was very interesting because it was like a, he's now closer to me than ever before because, you know, now we have this deeper bond. And that's something you just, you just, you can't put a price on. And that was like, wow, that was, um, that was it. I'm like, those are probably two really key, key moments that really stand out. I'm like, wow, this is absolutely the right move. Yeah. That like medical concrete evidence as well as that emotional bond because you can't really, build it without physically being there. There's just no other way. Right. 
Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. That's really, really amazing. And on the topic of success, so what does success mean to you in the past? And how have you redefined it? And what does it mean to you now? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's definitely changed, right? Um, you know, I think early on, it was like, hey, income level. That was like probably the easiest metric, right? And it's a little bit, a little bit of brainwashing, right? You know, my you know, parents are like, oh, hey, your, hey, your cousin is, uh, you know, uh, they're making $80,000 a year doing this and uh, you're making 30,000. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you become a little bit, uh, it gets defined for you early on, right? Now, over time now, right? Like I've already, I've really redefined it where it's like, right now is, am I happy? Mm. Obviously I'm happy having money too, right? So I, I, I don't think I'd be happy if I didn't have money, right? Because I also really enjoy to have choices, right? So for me, success is being happy and having choices, right? Um, to have the choice, you know, that, you know, when we go to a grocery store, we don't have to look at prices. To be able to shop organic so my kid, my family eats, gets to eat healthy. That's huge for me, right? Um, to be able to say, you know, if we want to go somewhere and do whatever we want, that's great, right? To me, that's really, really important. To uh, to wake to wake up, be able to take my kid to to go do whatever he wants as well. That's huge. So success is absolutely, I think, um, has to be defined by you, very crystal clear, you know. And it's evolved over time for me because of what you achieve. Because after a while, you start achieving certain things. You're like, you know what? That's cool and all, but what does it really mean? But I've also become wildly clear with um, the three things that I want to be known for if I was to die today. And that's really important because as long as I know I'm working towards that, that helps me put my mind at ease, right? So that's really, really important. What are the three things that you want to be known as? So there's three things, right? So if I was to, and this is from Brendan Burchard, right? And um, um, I th- this is really the internal why. This is my drive. Like everything I've done, I never realized this until probably the last few years. This is why I do what I do. It wasn't about chasing the income, the stocks, the wealth, the cars, the toys. It wasn't that. Um, it was these three things, which is number one, uh, I want to create a legacy. That's really important to me, right? Like, like it's really important that I build a legacy, right? And I'm not talking about necessarily a physical like legacy, but like a legacy of people that I positively have helped, right? Um, which ties to the second piece, which is influence, to be a positive influence, right? It's kind of like we're doing this podcast. I'm, I'm making sure I answer every question the best as I can because I want to positively influence whoever is listening. To me, that's really important, right? It's part of my legacy. Um, and then uh, the third piece is um, uh, love or care, right? So everyone knows whatever I do, I do it with care. It's not sloppy. It's not transactional. It's done with care. So um, if you ever read The Five Love Languages by a uh, by great book, my, my love language is uh, the gift of uh, service, right, if you will. I knew it. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I think, I think, I think a lot of Asians in general kind of naturally kind of guide towards that, right? Mm, especially parents. So that's how, right, so that's how I show my love to my wife, right? So I, I, I serve, I do all these things for her. I do for a kid, right? And for when I, in corporate America, is the same way. For my clients, my future, that's, that's all I do. I serve, right? Which really works really well with marketing, actually. So it's, um, it all kind of ties together uh, into those three things, which is, you know, love, legacy, and uh, influence. That's so good. And on the topic of books, this is a question that I ask all the guests is, what is your favorite career resource or book? Yeah, career resource. That's, that's a great question. Um, so 
there's a Jim Rohn quote. I'm a big fan of it, right? Um, if you work hard at your job, you'll make money. If you work hard on yourself, you'll make a fortune. Mm. If I was, I'll say the book I would say is it's not even necessarily a career resource, but it's also being wildly clear about um, who you are. And I'll, I'll recommend two books. The first book is it's I'm a big Brendan Burchard fan. So high high performance habits. It's a fantastic book. So that's key because that allows you to be successful in anything you do. Because for some people, they may just be better in corporate America, and that's totally fine, right? I, I don't judge either way. But this allows you to be great in anything you do. If you want to be great, you know, mother, husband, father, brother, sister, you know, employee, boss, CEO, it does not matter. This book really encompasses those key habits to be highly successful. That's really really key. The second book is, it is called Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lohr. So there, there's some correlation between the two books, right? And the Power of Full Engagement has got a couple like older concepts, but the concepts are very rock solid because to be a great human being, you need to be fully engaged. And it talks about the four core energy sources and buckets that you need to fill consistently and daily to be great at anything you work on. So this applies whether you are in sports, you know, finance, fitness, does not matter. Anything you're, you're in, this applies the same concept. So because in this way, when you can control your energy, you'll be great at whatever you focus on. Mm-hmm. And I'm also seeing with my clients too, that once they start focusing on themselves, their careers go much better, their business go much better. Everything is just so interconnected that once you up level one bucket or one area, the other area also starts flourishing. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people are they are they, they lack clarity into um, who they are, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and where they want to go. And if you can provide massive clarity for yourself in those in those areas, and then make sure you fill the buckets to to run the machine, then you can drive the road to get to where you want to go. Mm. And you feel like really the epitome of someone who knows exactly who you are, what you stand for, where you're going, and. Since we have you as a sales expert here, um, I'd love to get your advice on what's something that we can immediately do to get better at sales, whether it's for our career, for our business, just personally, and if you can also talk about the free resource that you have. Yeah, 100%. So um, I would say a very, so a mistake I think a lot of people make is when they think about sales, they get a little scared, right? Most people are like, ooh, you know, especially if, um, if you can become a, an entrepreneur, like here's reality, you have to sell all the time. Right. The reality is, is um, to be to selling is in everything that we do, right? Because all it means is you're influencing someone a part way with some sort of resource, whether it's time, money, labor, etc. So, if you are an entrepreneur, you're definitely doing that. If you're a mother, you're influencing your kids, right? If you're a father, same thing, right? So, if you're, uh, you know, if you're an accountant, you're influencing maybe your boss or your peers or whoever. So, um, you have to be great at selling. Now, the mistake a lot of people make is they believe hey, you know what, you need to have, you know, the gift of gab, you need to have the silver tongue and be super great and smooth and persuasive. Yeah, that can help. But if you want to be truly great at selling, be really good at active listening. Mm. It's kind of counterintuitive, right? 100%. So for example, the, the, I've always talked about like the, the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule, you know, in a sales call or sales meeting or an interview, whatever you're, you're interacting with somebody, 80% of the time, the other person should be talking based on the questions you're asking, right? And that's really, that's a really key thing. It's just like similar to this. I could tell you have very good active listening skills because 
you're taking some notes and you're you're listening to what I'm saying and you're responding back to it. You're not just going through a list of questions. It's great. I mean, you have all these. Great, we're on a great dialogue because of today, and you have good, that's because you have good active listening skills. And that takes takes some time to work on. So be really good at active listening, which is really understanding what they're saying and listening, internalizing before you respond. And if you do that, you'll gain trust faster and you'll see, you know, you, you'll close business or bring in new clients without you need to offer your services because you asked great questions and you've shown yourself to be an expert based on the questions that you ask. So spend that time working active listening skills and you can become great at really selling anything because a pitch is easy if you know what you're talking about. The hard part's just listening. So that's, uh, that's what I would offer. In terms of free resource, um, I appreciate you bringing it up, right? So I got a few different free resources. So if you actually just go to uh, salesninjaschool.com forward slash resources, that's uh, salesninjaschool.com forward slash resources, I got some uh, several free resources there. Anything from some free video training on how to uh, cold call the top 1%, six, six secret strategies to uh, get past gatekeepers and book more appointments. That's uh, a great free training. It's in there. I have my ultimate closer training program. It's also free as well, where I teach seven different closing techniques to close more business immediately. So uh, both are free. So uh, check it out at salesinterschool.com forward slash resources. And uh, hope to have you guys check it out. Awesome. I feel like people are really going to benefit from this, especially if they are also starting their own businesses. And lastly, what concrete advice do you have for people who are listening right now and contemplating whether they should go for that last traditional career? Mm, yeah, that's, I think that's a great question. Right. So I'm, I'm so simple and tactical. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> If, if it's me, like I, I literally would write out a list. I mean, like a pros and cons list. So, so simple, but literally it's like, okay, if I stay in a traditional corporate role, whether it's my current company or somewhere else, what are all the pros and what are all the cons? Right. And then the same thing with entrepreneurship. And then write your goals next to it. Five years from now, 10 years from now, where do you see yourself? Right. And what's in alignment with it the most? Mm, that's key. Right. That's what's really important. So it's um, it's not just understanding it's pros and cons. What's going to align with where you want to go? Because you may uncover, you know what? Shoot, like I really, I I struggle not having structure. I really like to have someone tell me what to do. Well, those are classic signs you're not going to be a good entrepreneur. I mean, it's just that's like you have to figure out. Like you have to be a self star. No one's going to hold your hand. Yeah. Right. And even with a coach, like you know, like which I'm sure you're an awesome coach, but you're not there every single minute of the day. And it's those micro decisions that impact the business. Yeah. And I also co actually coach people so that they can be self-starters by the end of our coaching program. That's like the ultimate goal. If they can yes. self-coach themselves and like make decisions and take them, themselves through that process. 100%. 100%, right? So I think it's just making it very simple. Pros and cons list for, you know, traditional, right? You know, corporal, entrepreneurship write out your goals as well, have it visually in front of you. And then there's power to having visuals. I'm a big whiteboard guy, right? So if I can see a vision, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I thought that was a good idea. This looks terrible, actually. When I, read it. <laughs> <laughs> I should not do that, right? So um, that really helps you quite a bit just to give you clarity in what you're going to do. And the mistake is, um, I think, as additional advice, be very careful on who you take advice from, mm. right? Um, and just because everyone oftentimes like, 
Like I'll see people who are in corporate America try to convince people to, to stay in corporate America. Yeah, because they're scared of what they, what they can or can't do, right? Oftentimes, their limits, oh, the limits they try to push upon you are their own limits. So understand that's really important, right? So um, I've always been a firm believer, only taking advice from people that are where you want to be. Exactly. Right? Like I don't tell everyone they should be an entrepreneur. Like I, I sit them, like I've had people to call, call them, I want to do like, sure, let's just talk it out. And after we get done talking, they're like, you know, I probably should stay in employment. Like, you probably should. <laughs> that might be the best, but that's okay too, right? It's There's nothing wrong with it. It's just understanding, you know, who you are, where you want to go. Is this a different path than mine? That's all it is. Another great point too, why it's so important for you to get really clear on who you are and where you want to go. That's right. That's right. And here's the reality, right? Like, let's just say, for example, you say, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm just going to do become an entrepreneur. Awesome. You can always go back. Yeah. <laughs> you can always go back, right? I mean, there's, at the end of the day, that's a beautiful, all, you have options, right? And as a time of this recording, the economy is good. There's plenty of jobs. Unemployment is low, right? Ta- you know, finding great talent is the hardest part of any organization right now. Yep. They're fighting for talent. So reality is, is like, even if you do it for a couple of years, it doesn't work out for you. You could probably go get another job pretty quickly. So for people who are listening to this advice because they want to become an entrepreneur in terms of business, what would you recommend them as the first step? Like the first very actionable next step that they can take to get started on it. So for the first thing I would do is um, I would get proof of concept. That's what first thing I do some sort of proof on the idea. So assuming you already have an idea in place of what you want to do, get proof of concept, some sort of, because this will, there's, there's two reasons why. Number one, this shows a need, right? And number two is it'll put your mind at ease, right? It'll put your mind at ease, right? And there's, and, and there's things where the, if you want to, some, some things are kind of hard to create. It's kind of like, you, you don't want to spend a bunch of time build an online course that someone's not going to buy. Yep. Right. But there's things that I did. So for example, one thing I did was um, I literally created a very simple survey. Right. And then I created a Facebook ad and I targeted people that were in my demographic to do the survey. And I covered with the results that there was a clear need. <laughs> so, you know, like you can get very strategic with, with data and all these things you can do just to ensure, or if you don't know how to do that, that's totally fine. Like let's just say, for example, like, Maybe you're an accountant and you want to be a, a consultant for accountants. I don't know. Like I'm just making something up. Mm. So awesome. Okay. You probably have accounting friends. <laughs> you can have a survey and send it to them. Hey, here's some questions. Like, you know, like what's your biggest struggle? What's holding you back? What would you need to take to the next level? You know, like, would you pay for a coach? How much would you pay? <laughs> so you get, just get a pretty quick idea, right? Yep. And even you, you don't need a hundred responses. If you have five people respond back and tell you like, you know what? Okay. There's some, some I can work with here, right? So this way, you get a little bit of proof of concept to help you before you take the leap, which will help you psychologically too. Mm-hmm. And quickly, a personal story is that when, so I also have a course called the Get Unstuck Program. And before that, way long before I started, I just asked a couple of friends if they wanted like a free coaching session and it was to help them make an action plan. And so just hopped on like a couple of calls um, and saw that it really helped them them uncover insights. And then the first version of the course was actually just like an email course. Like literally I would just, it was a seven day email sequence. I would just manually send it out every single day for seven days. And that was literally the first version. Right. So you can really go really simple. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And um, 
you, you don't have to get complex. Like you can, you can, you can, until you figure out how to automate your emails, you do the exact same thing. Right. Or for, for example, it could be, um, it's, it's actually interesting. So like side hustle school, which is a, it's a great resource by Chris Guillebeau. Um, there's many stories about people that start their own side hustle. Right. And there might be something like, you know, maybe like going back to like, maybe you have, I don't know, like, Maybe you're passionate about taking care of hedgehogs. I don't know. I'm just making something up, right? So, you know, so you know, you can like, you know, you, you you find some people, some Facebook groups of people that take care of hedgehogs, and you kind of isolate down, you know, like or hedgehog hedgehog owners, and you isolate down to, uh, you know, like your area, and you say, hey, yo, listen, I have a course where it teaches the hedgehogs how to jump through a hula hoop. I don't know, just making something mm. up, right? So, and if you if you're interested, I'm holding a workshop over here in this we workspace and it'll cost you 20 bucks yeah <laughs> right so you can do a very easy just testing of hey does this, this are, do people want hedgehogs to jump through hula hoops nope that's just me okay it's not viable right so there's many ways you can you, you just gotta go and try it and just mm -hmm. don't be afraid to fail like at the end of the day, you just learn hey you know what that that's not really a thing so i'm not gonna do that right maybe it's um i could you know, teach hedgehogs how to fetch the ball. I don't know. I'm just like, maybe that's, that's a better class to teach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's many things. You just got to go out and try it out mm -hmm. and see if there's a market for it and then go from there. So many possibilities. This has been really, really great. Where can we find you for your advice, tips, other than the um, website link that I'll include below in the show notes? Yeah, 100%. So um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty big on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn for sure, right? Which is, you can look at my name, Marcus Chan. I'm based in Portland, Oregon for Bentley Consulting. I got a, I got a funny subject line. Um, <laughs> Instagram, you find my Instagram at, at the real Marcus Chan on Instagram, right? I'm, I'm not super popular on Twitter. I don't really do Twitter that much. So really IG and LinkedIn are really my babies that I'm on most. So you can find me on there. And of course, obviously go to salesinjuschool.com forward slash resources for all the free resources. And then you'll also get uh, things sent out to you pretty consistently, much free content too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. As you promised, this was a lot of fun. And I had so much fun chatting with you about entrepreneurship and mindset and really embracing and owning ourselves. Awesome. It was, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's my pleasure. And uh, you're, I, I love this concept. It's been, I know it's an absolute blow up if it's not already been blown up. So <laughs> glad you. to be, and I feel very honored and privileged to be a guest on here. And uh, you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me, obviously reach out to me if you have questions about that, that journey as well, feel free to, and uh, be more than happy to help. So many goodies in this episode, right? If you can think of one person in particular who would find today's message really helpful on their career change journey, please, please share this episode with them. It can make a huge difference. And as a big thank you for being here, one of the most common questions that I get is, how do I get unstuck? And so I put together a free guide that you can use to help you break out of the rut and start taking steps towards a career you love through a Get Unstuck side project. You can get that guide for free over at onemonthprojects.com slash get unstuck. Enjoy and see you next week.